podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Acast recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children, respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Welcome everybody to the Blood and Mud rugby podcast, the rugby <laughs> podcast that was fucking made for a week without rugby. This is where we come into our own. This is our... I mean, this isn't our Everest. This is the opposite. This is our empire, this. This is our empire. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm Lee. Yeah. Hello there is. I'm Josh. Hello, Josh. With each passing day that I don't get to watch sport, I just feel like my my sense of self just withering. Are you working from home now? Are you you at home? Have you been told to stay home? Yeah, I've been told to stay at home at least until April, which I'll level with you. I've done a day now. I'm bored as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not enjoying it. I'm well, guessing you're not because your well, job. I can't work. I can't work. Yeah. From, work from home really because I work in health and social care. So we're at the uh, bleeding edge of the response to this, I suppose. You know what I've learned this week in as we plan for this catastrophic event and what we need to do? I've learned a hell of a lot mm-hmm. about uh, PPE. Do you know really? what PPE is, Josh? Uh, is it personal protection, something or another? Personal protective equipment. There we go. So basically gloves and masks and that. Yeah. You would not believe that, that that's the thing that we have to uh, really get our heads around. How how yeah. how many people are going to need it? How they're going to use it? When they're going to use it? Where do they get it from? Important, yeah. There is a global pandemic. There is a national pandemic supply of PPE that we all have to try and access. Really? Christ. So honestly, all the detailed phone calls are basically just saying, when can we get the PPE and where from? So, <laughs> and that, giant honestly, warehouse it sounds with a guy and with it's, a very it's, dusty key. Yeah, basically. But uh, yeah, so I mean, it's all coming through and it's all fine, but that's of all the things you expect to have to get in front of, that's not it. But yeah, that is the kind of really big hot topic right now. Yeah, it's sort of, yeah. I, I, let's try and not talk about this. No, it's not. But what thing. the fuck are we going to do Jesus. now, Josh? What the fuck well, are we going to do? We've we're surveyed... we're going to lean into what we do every week, which is to talk about nonsense, surely. Now, you see, people who don't talk about nonsense... Oh, they're struggling. They're struggling, aren't they? Have you been on a rugby website recently? Oh, Lord. <laughs> I mean, we're only in, basically, we've had like a week without rugby so far. And only officially, you know, the last match was cancelled on fucking, you know, Friday. Yeah. And let me tell you, the sports websites of the UK are, and of, of the world, let's be honest, are running on fumes already. Um, well, of course, I, 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 write, I wrote to the Guardian's 
sport editor, James, on Friday mm-hmm. and said, look, given this has been postponed tomorrow, um, I'm assuming you don't need me. He said, no, 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 that's right. But do you fancy doing the Premiership Rugby Cup live on Sunday? Because that's not been called off as yet. And I was like, going for the fucking big clicks and big impressions with that one, are we? But all right, yeah. Even people who like rugby don't want to fucking watch that, James. I know, but I would have. If it had gone on, if it had gone ahead, I'd have watched it. I watched the under-20s on Sunday. Did you watch Rugby League this weekend? That's the big test. Oh, is Rugby League still going on? Well, it was, yeah. Because I think Rugby League yeah. was basically goes, well, look, I'm not being funny, but we're basically a self-contained unit within about 50 square mile <laughs> part of the country anyway. So, so we're, already un- we're already under quarantine as a sport. We're in a sort so... of like working class sport pale of settlement, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the homepage of Ultimate Rugby right now, all right, the, the seven top stories in their inverted commas carousel, right, are... <laughs> English rugby goes on lockdown, we all know. Yep. Uh, one hour ago, watch Roman Poit denies a young Stuart Hogg a try on his test debut in 2012. Uh, EPCR quarterfinals postponed. Um, two hours ago then, you have Ireland's 2007 under-20 Grand Slammers. Where are they now? <laughs> uh, four hours ago, you've got top point scorer in test rugby history per nation. Uh then you've got uh, Super Rugby Stats, which is still sort of going on. And then a quiz, how well do you know the British and Irish Lions? Oh, you see, that's going to be wall to wall, isn't this it? This is day fucking one, guys. <laughs> and this is the shit that you're... I mean, come on. You're going to have to go through six weeks of this. Maybe more. I mean, we may touch on some retro stuff in this episode, Josh. But to be yeah. fair to us, that's something we do regularly. That's something that we do... Uh like to dig out from time to time. So, yeah, so honestly, what's it going to be like by next week? I mean, we're going to have a lot more to talk about than they are because we'll just talk bollocks again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they don't have the luxury of the bollocks that we can yes, talk exactly. for God knows how long. And that's why um, you lot are here, you lovely people. And if you want to get in touch with us and, you know, suggest some bollocks for us to talk. You know, yeah, all bets are off now. We might be end up doing a phone in by the week after next. <laughs> so don't you know? Don't worry about it. Lee's deep bath. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> or of course, you know, we could just do an entire kitchen uh, episode. Kitchen episode. Yeah, yeah. I had the problem it. in work today because I'll, I'll boil the kitchen slightly now. But I grouted my floor yesterday because we finally yeah, yeah. got to the tiling grouting stage. Day. It's wood effect tiles, right? You saw I, yeah. I posted a picture on Twitter from Saturday's live action, which was the herringbone <laughs> tiles, and then lovely. I had to way. grout them, and it was in anthracite coloured grout, which is like a dark grey, oh, dark yeah. grey. Yeah. So of course, yeah. my hands are covered in this. So then I spent yeah. a good forty-five minutes scrubbing my hands. However, mm-hmm. I've still got blacking because I bite my nails, so the top of my nails ain't great. So I've still got all black in there, and I look like a coal miner, you know, when they get all that like ingrained <laughs> stuff in their hands. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm sat in work today with these like hands with like mot- mottled black on them, <laughs> and obviously you can see me looking at it. I've gone to about four people going, "I've washed my hands. I've been grouted. Just honestly, I've never washed my hands more especially than I have now, this time. Especially now, of all, the, 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 I mean, it's not bad a enough time to look like, to look like, like you have anyway, dirty yeah. hands in the health in any kind of health facing <laughs> role. Surely, yeah. yeah so they're uh, probably going to make me wear gloves. I reckon I should have yeah. gone in and like white magician's gloves, start doing a fucking mime act or something, pretend I'm trying to keep the spirits up. But uh, Or just like leather driving gloves. Just look like see, one of all those of those just seem a bit... Back. Men in leather driving gloves just scream pervert to me. 
Yeah. I know it's unfair, but it just looks pervert per- or partridge. Yes. That's the option. <laughs> that shit good, pervert or partridge. That's next week. We'll be asking for yeah. your pervert or partridge submissions next week. Anyway, so if you want to get in touch with us and suggest your own bollocks, because obviously that was an example of what we'll do if you don't. Yeah. Uh, I am Lee. Sit that a warning. Lee at bloodandmud.com or at bloodandmud on Twitter. And what about you, Josh? Uh, at Josh Gardner. Uh, and I did a post last week, so I suppose Rugby Shirt Watch is back did in the you? game. Yeah. There'll be a lot of people wanting to talk about shirts. That'll fill a bit, won't it? Even on the big sites, they'll want to do like the best shirts or new no. shirts or something. No. Well, the problem is, if nobody's playing, then nobody's using new shirts. It's just a mess, yeah, mate. They normally stay well away from them, don't they? All the bets are off. Tell you who's still playing, or they will still be playing, according to Ultimate Rugby's website. Uh, the Japan Top League is due to get back on it like a couple of weeks' time. Well, we might Shinzo's all get well gone out. Japan. said the fucking Olympics are going ahead. Yeah, but what about... No, 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 no. No. It'll all be <laughs> no, fine. No, it'll be fine. You sh- Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you sh- yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So anyway. That's still going ahead. Yeah, so... You can get in touch with us that way. We're on Acast and all that kind of stuff. We're also on Patreon, patreon.com slash blood and mud. Thank you, everybody, who contributes to there. We did have, yeah, the VIP lounge is obviously a perfect place to be quarantined, let's be honest. Lots of friendly people. We'll make sure we give it a good wipe down if you're going to come in. Kind of a matter of course for us, really, isn't it? You've got to make sure that place is wiped down. To be honest, there's, there's going to be so many fucking E's in there for us to take with it being a 90s lounge that we won't give a shit about this virus anyway. Um, so E's and hooch everywhere. And somebody, <laughs> you add me at E's and hooch, I'm in. But it's, um, I'd like to thank Kieran Hayes, who's edited his pledge from 2 to $5 to join the oh, VIP lounge. I don't know why he's chosen to do this now in the midst of their being. Maybe he's thinking this is this is when they deserve this is their, this an is extra their amount because this is <laughs> this is going to be a thankless task for the next few weeks. Yeah. So thank you for that, Kieran. So I suppose do you want do we want to do a player spotted? I've got a couple yeah, of players a couple yeah. of players spotted this week because That's the closest anyone's getting to live rugby at the moment. True. So yeah, a couple of players spotted on a similar theme. And let's be honest, we've got fucking time to kill, so let's throw two in. <laughs> Callum Forsyth gets in touch. You assume he's a Scottish person. You have to say that because right. it's a good name to say in a Scottish accent or attempt to, isn't it? Try and say Callum Forsyth so, yeah. in a Scottish accent, Josh. Uh, Callum Forsyth. See, it just works, doesn't it? Yeah. Even if you can't do a Scottish accent, like neither me yeah, or you like, can. Like, like the rest of the time, yeah, yeah. So Callum Forsyth has been in touch. And he says, I got a bit of an odd one for you. I was in Glasgow Royal Concert Hall on the Sunday after the first weekend of the Six Nations for the last night of the Celtic Connections Festival. Now, I don't know what that's... The Radio 2 fodder, that, isn't it? Celtic Connection. <laughs> sounds like it is. He says, um, we've been in to see the Transatlantic Sessions concert and we're in the, bar af- in the bar for the interval. While talking to my friend, I noticed an enormous figure walking past. It was former Glasgow Warriors captain and Scotland's second row, Al Kellogg. Mm. Evidently, he's into trad music, as I also recognise a man he was talking to as the manager of a local folk club. Thankfully, we hadn't been to his restaurant to watch the Scotland game this weekend. This is when the weekend he sent it in. As that would have meant him hearing every expletive I shouted at his business partner, Stuart Hogg. <laughs> Fair dues. So Al Kellogg likes yeah, folk music. I'm sure we've had Al Kellogg before in some kind of I tell you what, scenario. Al Kellogg, as a, a trad folk fan, I can absolutely say see that all the live long day. He's got that vibe, doesn't he? I can see him standing there playing the auto harp 
and it looking like a tiny sort of notepad in his hand. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, he just has the look of a man that absolutely only really feels comfortable in a, kel- a kilt, and he sort of feels slightly put upon that most of the time he's got to wear trousers. And he over-eggs that at like events when it's not needed, like an informal folk gathering, and he turns up in full regalia. Oh, yeah, he's a, he's, 100, he's 100% a any excuse for a kilt kind of bloke. And nobody will say a word to him because he's massive. Absolutely not. And seems like a thoroughly nice bloke as well, let's be honest. I always he liked does. I always liked Arkello. He seemed like a nice guy. Incredibly deep voice. Unbelievably deep voice. Sort of sounds like a sort of an old giant, <laughs> just like an ent or something. Yeah, sings like a, a terrible bass baritone lament about the Highland clearances or something. Um, anyway, linked to that, Con OC gets in touch on the Patreon messaging, as it goes. Mm-hmm. And he says, it was summertime in Ireland, it was 2014. I'd just come back home from a month this away. This is wistful, fucking isn't it? hell. Lovely, isn't it? Yeah. I'd just come back home from a month away. Hang on, hang on, I need to get the full vibe going. I know where you're going here. Oh, yeah. You would know if I could find it. There it is. There it is. <laughs> it was summertime in Ireland. It was 2014. I'd just come back home from a month away where I decided not to shave. I had a classic teenage beard that was not nearly full enough and looked fucking terrible. Kanye West was performing at a big outdoor venue. This is coming at us fast. That's, take, that's, take, that's taking a fucking left turn. It's coming at us fast. Kanye West yeah. was performing at a big outdoor venue. As we walked from the entrance towards the stage, who was there but Jamie Heaslip? That doesn't shock me. He stood head and shoulders above the general crowd. He was wearing sunglasses, which, we had, which made sense as it was sunny that day. He may or may, <laughs> <laughs> he may, or may not have had a drink in his hand. He may or may not have had a smile on his face. I don't remember. I didn't go up to him, and I didn't see anyone else go up to him either. Nothing else happened. Says Con O.C. Absolutely perfect. This is perfect, isn't it? Where was the, where was this, this concert in Ireland again? Um, A big outdoor venue. He's been so okay. mundane, he won't even tell us where it is. Yeah, because Kanye West of Ireland would be quite... <laughs> oh, very good. <laughs> very good. <laughs> Yeah, this is oh, this is where we're at, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, so um, <laughs> so Kanye, uh, Jamie Heath's the Kanye West um, gig. Yeah, I would imagine that's Kanye when he was still acceptable as well. So you know, before he went Trump. Yeah, I'm just 2014. It would have been 2014, wouldn't it? Yeah, good Kanye. So there you go, rugby players at gigs of a different flavour, I think it's fairly yeah, safe to say. Into it. Both yeah. forwards, though. Were they wearing like shorts? Thematic... Almost certainly. I mean, he, if Heaslip was wearing sunglasses without shorts, you know. Yeah, what's he playing at? Exactly. He probably had some kind of... I bet his shorts were velour or something. He wears some terrible clothes, that man. <laughs> he does. He really does. Shall anyway. we, for the sake of just having a laugh about it, talk about some news? Yeah, it's not there a lot, is some though, residue is of news lurking about. <laughs> shall I shall I tell you uh the, the main news story on Rugby Pass today is uh Johnny May provides surgery update, which I'm not gonna read that. I just <laughs> I just like the meter of it. Unless Johnny May's doing surgery. That'd be worth it. <laughs> exactly. He's bored and he's just gone, Oh, I'll have a bash at this then. He's gotta do everything else in this England backline, so he might as well just you oh. know 
try his hand at surgery as well. Um, uh, Dan Lydiot signed a new Ospreys contract for the two euro, which yeah, he's he's yeah, played very well. He's on job, that, as long as long he's he's been a a very good servant for the Ospreys these last few years, um, and this season in particular has been there, which is a lot more than you can say for a lot of the Ospreys senior players. Also, you know, no international absences, no more or any of that. So. Indeed, and he's still absolutely fucking massive. So you know, there you go. he just gets in the way. Sam Hill has signed for sale from Exeter. Yes. Good signing that. Good player, really Sam Hill. Yeah, and yeah, again, yeah. Not much international absence. Also, I suppose this goes for any person's been signed now. They'll be nice and fresh come next season, won't they? As with everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Um, Am I keeping you up, Josh? Sorry about that. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. I just did a massive yawn. I don't. I, I usually manage to sort of cover he's my. Done. He's uh, mute the microphone. I mean, you're on repeatedly but... doing this, I'll be honest with you. We tend to mute it or stand back <laughs> away from the microphone. It, but I just totally forgot myself there. Um, yeah, uh, Jackson said, Ray. Though, generally said speaking, that... though, before we move on to that, yeah. in a World Cup year for the top pro players, you know, this rest might do a bit of good. Well, it might mean that they're not quite as sort of... like. We usually by about this point in the season is when players that have effectively been playing non-stop for the best part of 15, 16 months usually break. Um, so if we can avoid that sort of horrible fatigue and mm. stress-related uh, injuries for players by giving them a few weeks off, it's probably a good thing. Just don't go to Johnny May to have any surgery done. That's the plea that goes out from this podcast. Scottish Rugby has opened up a £500,000 hardship, hardship fund. Or as I like to yes. call that fund, one-third of Mark Dodson's salary. <laughs> I mean, it is good that they're doing that sort of thing and unions should all follow suit because it is going to be the, the grassroots clubs. They have to fill a form in. Why do you think you deserve part of a third of Mark Dodson? Third of my sal- sal- <laughs> um. Yeah. In all seriousness, the, the thing about the championship funding going down and all that kind of stuff, I mean, it's de facto going to arrive anyway because where are yeah. you going to get? I mean, I know there's not a massive amount comes through the gates with some lower level clubs, but it, it is what keeps them afloat, isn't it? It's, it's, it's honestly just so like worrying for like, because name a rugby, you know, not so much, you know, unions as well, to be honest, but like, Name a rugby team that isn't operating at a loss at the moment. You know that's why rugby leagues keep it on going. Yeah, we'll keep going. Yeah. We've got to bring in. We'll bloody isolate the old people by making them play. <laughs> play. We'll, we'll play in zorbs. We'll be boys in bubbles <laughs> playing yeah. rugby. Yeah, and I, I suggested it on Twitter earlier, but I'll say it again now to a probably slightly wider audience. But like, I think if you're like me and you're being made to work from home for the next month. And so you're probably saving a little bit of cash on how much it costs you to commute however you commute. Why not consider spending a bit of that cash on your favourite rugby team's team store? Unless they're minted, unless they're like Bristol or Bath. Yeah, or don't do French that. Club. Find your local rugby club or something. Yeah, find your, you know, for, you know, if you, well, to be honest with you, if, you, if you're a fan of a Welsh region, they definitely need it. If you're a fan of a Scottish club, they probably need it. And most premiership clubs could probably do with a, a bit of cash as well. And just, you know, 30 quid to, you know, buy a discounted fucking jersey for this season or whatever isn't going to keep the wolf from the door. But 
it might help offset the loss of match day revenue that looks like it's going to stretch on. It might be able to get you to get, give you a padlock to hold the door strong, more strongly from the wolf for a little while. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yeah, might, that's my dog barking because somebody's just arrived. It. I do apologise, everybody. Um, the, um, it was very apt, though, because you mentioned the wolf from the yeah. door, and then there was a... I mean, exactly. your dog is not... Your dog is not a wolf by any stretch no, of the imagination. No, my dog is a disgrace but... when it comes to being brave. <laughs> I love him to pieces, but... Did I tell you the story about when he ran, ran away from two lambs? I mean, I don't think you need to tell that story. I think you've told the entire story in one... Isn't your dog one of those ones that was designed to herd sheep? He's half corgi, half Welsh corgi, half Welsh sheepdog. So really, genetically, he should be fucking nails when it comes All to All over stuff. that shit. So you're like walking from my house, you've got to go over the main road, over some train lines, and onto the salt marsh mm-hmm. by the River Dee estuary. Lambing season, he looks a bit nervous when these lambs are gambling about. Two of them start walking towards him, and I think, oh, shit, he might go for them. No, he turns and legs it. Mm-hmm. I'm shouting, stop, 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 he keeps going. He ran all the way home, across the railway line and across the main road. I came back and found him sat on the front doorstep. I said, you are a fucking disgrace. <laughs> I mean... He didn't even have the, he the business to, to look sorry. He did look sorry. I don't wish to pour scorn on the lad, but yeah, that is... It's not a strong showing. That's where breeding a, gets you. Yeah. I mean, he should, he, I literally <laughs> bought him from a farm in, like, proper North Wales, deep North Wales, like, south of Rithin. You know what I mean? Yeah, genetically, when it comes to sheep, he should be harder than a coffin nail. Let's be honest. Corgis were fucking bred to herd cattle. Sheep yeah. should be a sheep should be a walking apart. Never mind. Let's be honest. Fucking Baby lambs. fucking sheep. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what were we talking about before I talked about the, uh, dog the news? I think um, Ulster signed Ian Madigan. Yeah, good. Who, hands um, up if you completely forgot he was still at Bristol. <laughs> I didn't because I saw him warming up when I went to Washington <laughs> last weekend and I went oh look it's Ian Madigan I forgot about him well that was I was going to say speaking of supporting your local rugby club I uh, support Lee because I don't get to see Lee as much as I'd like to so I'm in their lottery I yes. pay £10 a month to be in their lottery and you maximum prize of £1,000 a month and when you win I've won twice in two years once a fiver once 50 quid and when you're in they write to you and literally send you a handwritten check stapled to the letter to say, oh, congratulations, you've won. See, and that's what you get through getting round and sorting out. Well, Lee's not really grassroots rugby. I suppose it is on some level. but uh, Yeah, I think grassroots is one thing, but like there is, you know, professional sports is going to, you know, that isn't fucking Premier League football is going to need a few quid as well. And it's yes. that if you can, you know, I, I did it this morning, I bought... A, fucking Ospreys hoodie that I didn't need um, to go with all the other Ospreys things that I don't need because I was like yeah you know whatever 30 quid is bet, you know is a match ticket that they know, weren't getting this weekend do you know where Lee's club store is where is it's it it's a stall in Lee Market oh god that's good <laughs> isn't that brilliant <laughs> <laughs> that's actually the best thing I've ever heard that and also, fantastic. as a finishing off on that story, when I, I won 50 quid, so I thought the five I didn't bother cashing, but I, I won 50 quid and I went into the bank. You probably know this, but I went to the bank and I said, I need to pay this check-in. They said, you know, you can pay this in on your phone. I said, what the fuck are you talking about? How can you pay a check-in on your phone? <laughs> Don't say no, I, I wasn't that. born yesterday. And he, they yeah. said, no, no, if you open up your app, you take a photo of the check and that's all they need. I was like, I don't fucking, I, well... <laughs> 
This is even more impressive than Bluetooth in my mind. Incredible stuff. You know what? I got I I I knew that that was the a thing you could do, but I forgot it was the thing I could do. Because <laughs> well, I, I got you get given, a check. I got I got given a check for twenty quid for Christmas from a relative that's just in my wallet, and I haven't cashed it. Open up your banking app and take a photo of it. Exactly. And pay it in. <laughs> She's probably cancelled it by now. You know what old people are like. <laughs> or has it gone past its cash by date? It almost certainly has. Oh, gone well. past its use by date, like that condom I had in my wallet when I was nineteen. But uh, the uh... <laughs> right anyway. Sorry, where? Yeah. So give you give Used. some money to people. Um, We've done some signings. Yes. What else was there? Yeah. Uh, oh, um, the Maro Itoji thing is quite funny. Um, oh yeah, that he can't go and sign because <laughs> <laughs> he, he wants well, he wants to sign for Racing, doesn't he? For a he seven wants to spend a year sum. on Racing for a seven figure sum. <laughs> And the RFU want to give him special dispensation to continue playing for England while that happens. And what and was the, the PRL the response to it, John? <laughs> Get a fucked, pal. Basically. <laughs> An absolute shithouse trick by everyone concerned. <laughs> We're not going to say, well, there's plenty. Come, if he's going to come on loan, he's going to come on loan to one of us. Yeah, plenty of clubs you can sign for here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which, to be fair, is not an unfair... Statement. Yeah, we yeah, yeah, we are not here to facilitate Marowitoji's vast earning potential yeah. for a year. If he wants to go and do it, do it, but you don't get to play for England. So, yeah, I mean, it's funny, mind. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Did you see the picture that Marowitoji put on Twitter at the weekend? I didn't. Something, it said oh. something like the blackest berries have the sweetest juice or something. Hello. His words, not mine. And it was a photo <laughs> of him. Fucking better be. Yeah, exactly. Um, he, it was a photo of him with Abashim and his family in, I, I, again, I'm making assumptions, I'm sorry if I'm wrong, but basically a traditional Nigerian dress. Oh, yes, that's what, that photo. Yeah, that's what yeah, I'm yeah. guessing. They're, they're looking fucking sharp there, fair play. Check out the fucking shoe game, though. The shoe game um, is rough. Evil shoe game. I mean, Jesus. It's a lot of loafer and a lot of... Ter- I mean, Barrow's got there. a kind of 1990s black leather loafer with, with, yeah, with, with metal, the, the buckle across metal the middle. buckle. I'm sure that, yeah. I got sure married was, in a pair of shoes like that. I was out 19, when I was 17. 1999, I got married in a pair yeah. of shoes like that. <laughs> I was going to say, I wore a pair of shoes like that to Liquid in about 1999. <laughs> 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 Sorry, mate, you're not coming in. Your mate can come in because they're quality <laughs> shoes. Yeah. Yeah, the shoe game is not good. No, it's not. However, the rest not, of it, I mean, they're, they're loving it. They're wearing it proudly, as they should. Absolutely. So. Uh, yeah, maybe it's just that, I mean, I am an unfashionable man. I'm not going to deny it. But uh, maybe those kind of loafers are back in. Who's to say? Well, they, they're they probably in a better position to say than me, despite all my opinions about <laughs> it. So. Absolutely, they are. Uh, right then. So finally, news. Gareth Davis is the world's shittest fortune teller or deducer of anything that's about to happen in the future. Quote, unquote, yeah. I don't think we could have done it any better, he says, of cancelling <laughs> Wales Could have cancelled it a fucking week ago, mate. When, yeah, the wind was blowing a certain way, isn't it? Everybody cancelled everything by Wednesday. Yeah. And basically, they, they, uh, the thing that fucking baffled me about this, right, is that 11 o'clock they were determined it was still going on. I know, yeah. I even tweeted it. So I've had an email. It's definitely happening. Yeah. Yeah. I was fucking incandescent. So I was just like, what the fuck are you doing? You still fucking get... Like, how are you still trying to play this fucking game? And partly I was quite annoyed because I was going to miss it because I was out. I was just thinking, fuck, I'm going to miss the last game of rugby that I'm going to watch for about six months. But, 
yeah, then two hours later, the situation changed. Fucking. Yeah. Because of new information. This is new information, this virus thing. (laughs) I've only just received a memo in triplicate. (laughs) My PA typed up. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good, is it? Acast recommends podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. So have you got any more news, any more chat? The shit. What happened there? I pressed the wrong button. You know that was a blast from the past. I know. I've not. I've, I've got the, uh, the the soundboard out again. There's all kinds of weird stuff on here. There's obviously, really? you know, there's obviously. I guess I'm But there's one here. I don't know what this is. You know, you can't remember what you've done. There's there's a button here called Missing You. Shall I press yeah. it? Let's fucking do it, mate. Let me turn it down a bit. Cause that was too loud. Oh, it's not working. Whatever it was linked uh, to doesn't work anymore. That's a shame. You're missing, missing you, ironically. Good. From an Irish, any Irish sisters will remember this. Right? This is from the football pod I do. This is one of the greatest commentary expletives. Uh, this is a goalkeeper making a mistake if you're in the 1994 World Cup, right? And listen to Barry Davis. Good play by Vimeo. Goes for the shot this time. Oh, Pat Bonner. <laughs> yeah. I think we know what this episode's called now. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Oh. Anyway, where Full were we? Out. Right then, so what are we going to do now? What are we going to talk about now? So we said we'd do a bit of retro, didn't we? Yeah. So we're going to do a special edition of... Welcome to you, every the, ret- time I love it. the return every of time You I Dirty Get, everybody, because we're going to do a special retro You Dirty Get um, discussing a famous France versus England game, which yes. is probably not as famous as maybe the one that people always jump to, because we're going to talk France versus England at the Parc de France in 1992. Yes. Six so Nations. It's not the 91 World Cup one, which is the famous one, but it is perhaps the more... Psycho, was it, was it, it's the first Six Nations match to ever feature two red cards. There you go. What else do you need abs- to know? But uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah, you mentioned the '91 World Cup there. Now we've done the '1991 World Cup retrospective for you, lovely patrons, and it's back there. Should you want to listen to it, which covers this game in more detail than France won. However, England. The build-up to this really is that England had lost to France for fucking ages. Most of the ages, yeah. England lost to everybody for fucking ages. Let's be honest. <laughs> they were quite shit in the ages. Yeah. yeah. Apart from the little, the brief oasis of Bill Beaumont, it was all terrible. Yeah. Um, England lost to France for ages. England then started to beat France in the 90s. Rugby World Cup 1991, 
England beat France in the semi-final. Nigel, Nigel Heslop basically flew into Serge Blanco and nearly took his head off. He fucking did as well. I watched, I watched that back earlier and Jesus Christ. Yeah, so Blanco catches a big kick and then Heslop yeah. fucking... He's like a cruise missile into can, him, basically. Blanco calls the mark, by the way. Yes. <laughs> and then he absolutely gets leathered. Yeah, he calls the mark and then he takes two steps back, ties his shorts in a knot and <laughs> ties the, the, the string on his shorts and Heslob comes in like a missile and kills him. To which Blanco responds with twatting him. An absolutely fucking sensational uppercut it as is. well. Like with the help of everyone's the, the, favorite the rights and wrongs of it it's a wonderfully it's a wonderful punch, punch it must be said yeah, yeah. with the help of the, the ever cuddly eric Shomp got himself involved he did didn't he uh, said yeah. said serge blanco of that match mm-hmm. the ref that day turned a blind eye to english foul play he was incoherent i was trampled kicked and had my head walked on so i punched the winger no i didn't lose my cool on the contrary i was perfectly aware of what i was doing there are times when the referee refuses to be honest and you have to take justice into your own hands, said Serge Blanco. No, I didn't I mean, literally. I, whole... decided, I just decided to twat the bastard. Yeah. <laughs> this really is a reminder, and this whole this game, everything around this game is a reminder that rugby today is a very, very different place than it was in 1992. <laughs> like, obviously, this game and that game, you know, were legendarily bad-tempered, but Jesus Christ, like... If half of this stuff had gone on in the modern day, the game would have been abandoned after about 20 minutes. There'd be six players left on either side, yeah, basically. Yeah, 100%. It also echoes a lot with the Marler thing, doesn't it? Because actually, what Blanco says there is effectively what Ranald Wynne-Jones was saying last week. I could have yeah. taken a decision to twat him there. Yeah. But obviously, you can't do that anymore. So I expect yeah. you to deal with it, which you didn't. <laughs> well, the- the best thing about this, and I managed to find like some extended highlights of this game on, uh, which which the nineteen ninety one game, a ninety two game, yeah, a ninety two game, yeah, but which criminally don't have the best bit slash worst bit. It was cut out of it. No, it was yeah, which will come maybe on incensed. But when you're watching it back, the BBC commentator, I can't remember who it is, Nigel Starmer uh, Smith. Yes, it is somebody very posh. Um, Talking about uh, Stephen Hilditch, who's the referee, who obviously ran the line in that quarterfinal. Oh yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah, got punchy, um, and he's and the commentator's like, uh, "Let's hope he doesn't have to take too stern a line today." Which <laughs> that was I fucking mean, great. I all, rolled that down as well. It's <laughs> fucking all great. The things he could have said. <laughs> yeah, but, but he yeah, said, "He said, let's whole... hope he doesn't take too stern a line, but he may have to." to... <laughs> yeah, because basically this game was like being predicted to be. A fucking street fight from yeah. before way we move on to this game. Final, just to, just to yes, um, yeah. just to talk about the nineteen ninety one game. Finally, the French backs coach Jean Trio after that ninety after that nineteen ninety one game tried to fill the ref in, didn't he? No, and also said in a th- in in a probably an early example of a thermonuclear take, <laughs> said that that game heralded the death of romanticism. Brilliant. <laughs> I mean, that's wonderful. That's so French, isn't it? <laughs> no, mate, it was just a bit of a fucking no. nasty game. Don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> you can see him, like, with his, his head on his... Oh! With his head on his... Uh... Wonderful. Yeah. So, anyway, so really what we're saying is it had been brewing. Yeah. As we came and, into this uh, England. Because don't forget, the England World Cup was only a few months before this game. The World Cup was in the autumn in 91, and then the next time they saw each other was in this game in 92. 
and England sensing perhaps that they were in the French heads a little bit. <laughs> it's basically spent the entire <laughs> lead up to this game stoking shit. So yeah. Will Will Carlin says before the game, I don't think it'll be a war. <laughs> if you want to win, you just can't afford to let your discipline slip, which, to be fair, was extremely prescient. Uh, Philippe Seller saying, this is a more disciplined team than played in the World Cup, however. Not, mm. not so much. <laughs> Ryan Moore also said that when you've got a part de prance, you can always expect it's a, it's a place where you're going to get violence or something. Yes, he uh, in the, he was properly on the wind up in the press before in the lead up to this game, and he's saying it was going to be like a boxing match. And and Eddie Butler, in wonderfully Eddie, Eddie Butler form, said, uh, "Lawyers and shop stewards know a thing or two about halting processes of reform, and by <laughs> and by predicting violence, more brilliantly tilted the delicate balance in the French camp away from Berbezier. The moment Seller pinned the more article to the changing room door." Moscato was beyond restraint. Moscato was the win, is... was was the uh, was the hooker. I'll, t- I'll go through the lineups in a minute, but yes, I mean I, he's a great man, Philippe Sello, a fucking great player, right? Babizia Bebiz- taken over and tried to stop them being psychos. Yeah, and basically, my dog's going mad again. <laughs> so he wants to stop them being psychos, so they decided to do that by. I'm going to pause this for a minute. Now, my dog stopped barking now. We'll carry on. So, yes. Bebizier taken over as the coach. And he wanted to obviously stop them being psychopaths. Mm. So, he basically tried to say, to big ask. So, and Seller's on board with this. So, then he's, Morton is going to be a boxing match. So, what's, what does Seller do in response to this? Fucking, he pins that article to the changing room door. To fucking basically Brilliant make it, the entire team be full of piss and vinegar before they go yeah. out to play this game. It's unbelievable, really. So, yeah, and then so Moscato had that quote uh, before the game, which is wonderful, which was, we have been accused of violence. It is not violence. It is hardness. Which, I mean, it, that in a nutshell is an attitude that has led us to where we are today, where you have yes. old pros defending the most unacceptable yeah. shit because that maxim is somehow that violence is acceptable between the white lines. Um, and that's why I think it's still such an ingrained thing from the amateur era. But, uh, yeah, it didn't go that well for him on the day, which we will come to. Which we will come to. So let's talk about the lineups, shall we? Yes. Uh, just to remind everybody, the England one is a fairly is is a fairly classic one of the time. Bloody good team, this. Yeah, fullback really John Webb, team. winger Simon Halliday, Will Carling and Jeremy Guskett in the centres, Rory Underwood on the other wing, Rob Andrew at outside half, although he didn't last long. Um <laughs> Dewey Morris is at scrum half. Jason Leonard, Brian Moore, Jeff Probin, Martin Woof. Bayfield and Wade Dooley in the second row. And then the classic back row of Mickey Skinner, Peter Winterbottom and Dean Richards on the bench. Was... You, forget Bay- you forget Bayfield is as old as he is, you know? And the thing is, I've met Bayfield, right? And he's a very nice man. Genuinely mm. nice man. Ex-copper. Big fella, but not... Um, he's, like, incredibly tall, but not hugely... Like, Delalio displaces a lot of volume. <laughs> yes, he fucking Do you know what I mean? When does. you meet him. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, whereas Bayfield doesn't, Bayfield but then you forget. Bayfield is still the amateur era in terms yeah. of his conditioning. So when you look at him, you forget. I forget that you are quite obviously a double, triple, super hard bastard. No, absolutely. Because you played fucking second row for England in, <laughs> in the Lions in yeah. the early 90s. Because yeah. he's this lovely, charming guy, you forget that if you decided to get a bit pissed off, you could probably just pull my limbs out. So... <laughs> 
Anyway, yes. Yeah, anyway, so on the bench was David Pears, Nigel Heslop, Richard Hill, John Olver, Martin Hines, and Tim Rod. Very must have been a very young Tim Rodber. Um the French team was the very evocative names, these. Um fullback Jean Baptiste Lafond. Lafond. Philippe if you watch the extended highlights, and I recommend that you do, right? There's a moment when Jean-Baptiste Lafon joins the line and does the most beautifully subtle sidestep I have ever... No, when you're talking I was about... watching it, I literally went, oh, I made a noise. feet. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you should watch it, everybody. You can find it on YouTube. Just look out for that, that the feet. It's amazing. So Jean-Baptiste Lafon, winger, Philippe Saint-André, Philippe Sellat and Frank Mesnel in the middle, Sebastian VR on one wing, Alan Penno and Fabian nah. Galtier. Half-back. Yes. Uh, Gregoire Lascoube. Prop. Remember Vin- the name. Remember the name. <laughs> Vincent Moscato as hooker. Philippe Gimbert as the other one. The wife-murdering and all-round absolute scumbag Mark Sessignon. Oh, yeah. Number four. Normally a, back, normally a number eight, Sessignon. But, um, Christophe Mergeur as a number five. Jean-Francois Todo at six, Laurent Caban at seven, and Andres Van Heerden at eight. And then on the bench was Jean-Luc Sadoni, Olivier Rouma, Pierre Montlor, Aubin Hubert, Jean-Marie Cadieux, and Philippe Gallard. Don't remember all of them. Remember Rouma and Sadoni, obviously, great player. Quite a few of these. This was the area where it was like, unless you were injured, you didn't get to substitute, didn't you? So like yeah. only one of the England players came on and a few of the French players came on. Yeah, because Rob Andrew got injured quite a bloodied mouth. Early doors, yes. didn't he? And then uh, David Pears came on, who I only vaguely remembered. Nice player, though. Mm. Some lovely handoffs. Again, when you watch games now, these games, moving away from the you dirty get bit of it, man alive, the amount of time they've got with a ball. Rugby is a very fucking different game. Like when there's the, the, the John Webb sort of arching break for the try, and it's mm. like, how the fuck has he got that much time and space to just sort of arc? Like, you know, he's a quick man, but Jesus Christ, he's got about seven years to arc around the outside of the... the and idiots just... say it's because somehow people back then knew how to run lines better or something. It's like, no, yeah. it's because they had about, in a pro rugby equivalency, about half an hour to choose which line to run into. Yeah. Anyway. So there uh, are the lineups. So there you go. That, that's so off. So off it starts. Um, England are fairly on top, really. What's interesting is there's, there's one point the scrum pops up early doors mm. and no one cares. The yeah, ref just stands looking at it with the two front rows basically popped up, no whistle blowing. <laughs> that was the other thing where people talk about sort of why, you know, why the ref- rugby is so sort of hard to referee these days. And it's like, well, the reality is that in the 1990s and before, referees just didn't bother. <laughs> The vast majority Nobody's of things that hurt. went the ball's on, coming out. What's like wrong the with number you? of absolutely blatant coming in at the sides that you see at rucks, and just players just flying in from everywhere, and refs just like, yeah, whatever, crack on, lads. No, in the middle of this first scrum that pops up, you can audibly hear Brian Moore screaming and shouting as he's quite clearly having his eyes fiddled with yeah. as he stood yes. up. Yeah. <laughs> but what's even funnier is that everyone just blithely ignores him. The touch judge is not interested. The ref's not interested. Stephen Hilditch, nobody's interested. It's it's it really is like watching a different sport yeah. in a lot of ways. The fundamentals are the same, but everything else is so fucking different. And we, the... I always find this whenever we watch rugby from before professionalism. It's such a different game, man. The um, 
This is the game that Brian Moore described as being the only game he did not want to be in a position where he left himself vulnerable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Whatever that means. So, yeah, it's... Um... <laughs> So up to half time, it's getting a little, it's a bit tasty. It's, you know, it's, it's a bit, and England are kind of on top. And then basically there's an amazingly funny bit when France properly, for all the France's craft, they properly keystone cops a scissor move and run, run full pass into yeah. each into other. Each other. <laughs> and the ball pops up, <laughs> which is very, very, very funny. Um, early on, then I think it's in the second half early on, Olivier Rumar, who's come on, knocks Wade Dooley unconscious. Greatest, and again, I'm not condoning it. No, but this is the greatest line in the history of of rugby union, which I'll let you say it because okay. you're more northern than I am. <laughs> so obviously, where do he he gets knocked out? So obviously, doesn't go off for for any reason. Oh like, God, none no. of that happens. Um, and he says to Stephen Ilditch, ref, when he comes round, ref, do not send that fucker off. it's i mean yeah yeah brilliant or no we're not condoning it but yeah that's fucking brilliant so it's it's in it's in the the sort of rose tinted of the like view of the past it's fun because but then in the the properly responsible view of the past Dooley should have gone off because he was out cold and he should and having sent that to the ref he should have probably been sent off so yeah (laughs) Can I just say I love that uh, the ref. I lo- I miss refs wearing the colours of their home union instead of some generic. Oh, yeah, kit. wonderful. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so yeah, Hilditch no is wearing the green than, of Ireland. The Derek Bevan in full Wales kit doing the Derek Bevan <laughs> power squat to try and see what's happening <laughs> at the bottom of a rock. See, I was going to say for me, there's nothing better than you know watching. Clive Norling barely squeezing himself into a a, well, a red jersey that's two sizes too small for him and white shorts are about seven sizes too small for him just so you can see his package. That's what rugby stuff. is. So it's all getting very ill-tempered in the second half. England are, are kind of run, running away with it, really, to be honest. England yeah, did a perfect England job. The reality job is it. this is a, a comprehensive and professional English performance. And to be honest with you, even France, you know, there's a lot of niggle, but... It hasn't got mental yet, but they've clearly lost the game. And then, <laughs> and then there's, and then Martin Bayfield gets kicked in the face. So Gregoire Lascoube, great name. Yes. Yeah. The, uh, the French prop then stands on Martin Bayfield's head in a rook. And yeah. I mean, really fucking stands on it. Yes. Yeah, Quite a few times. <laughs> He goes right in there. Um, what, I mean, what did he expect when you literally turn your rugby shirt into an Aussie rules jersey as the oh, scuba? I'll tell you what, yeah. If you want a perfect picture of early 90s fucking forwards in rugby, Unbelievable have stuff. a look at Gregoire Scuba walking off. It's fucking... <laughs> he's cut the sleeves off his shirt. Yeah. And bear in mind, this is the France, France shirt that has the kind of three, the tricolour stripes going the underneath stripes. the armpits yeah. and down the and arms. And down the arms, yeah. So he's cut it off so it, on the tricolour stripes. So he's got this sleeveless top with tricolour, <laughs> well, well, like trim on the, the sleeves. Yeah, he's basically, basically wearing a tricolour wife beater. <laughs> and it's, which ironically is the, one of the other his teammates that day. And he walks but, off with tiny um, shorts on of this sleeveless I, coat, yeah. jacket. God, it's a, a he jacket looks like shirt. either wants to be in a biker gang or he's an absolute psychopath or both. 
And yeah, I mean, of course he's going to get a sent off for stamping on someone's face. So off he went. Now Moscato, we've we've already mentioned. Can I just say I love in the commentary of that how unbelievably calm and unoutraged the commentator is. <laughs> like there's not a hint of excitement yeah. as he's watching the replay of Bayfield getting studded in the face. It's just like he's just like, oh well, you know, of course, quite right too. Yes, as if that's just the most normal thing. Yeah, and it happens all the time. <laughs> Imagine that nowadays. Oh. Imagine how many replays would be within seconds of it on Twitter. Twitter, yeah. Um, again, there are many times you look back where you think, imagine if fucking Twitter would have existed then. Oh, <laughs> Fucking hell, this whole game would just be on Twitter. Just condensed <laughs> into six-second clips yeah. of shit Um So things are going bad then. So then Vincent Moscato, we've already mentioned. I mean, he was, I mean, Moscato was basically a psycho. Yeah, as we've already mentioned from his previous quote around, people say it was violence, but it's not. It's just hardness. He was a professional. Was he a semi-professional or professional boxer on the side? I mean, he was double fucking hard. Let's make no mistake about it. (laughs) And a psycho to go with it. Yeah, he nut. He nuts Jeff Probin, who's got their number in the in the scrum, as he did with so many of them. He nuts Jeff Probin. (laughs) The ref tells him off. Yeah. At which point Probin winks at him. And Moscato is so filled with rage, literally tears are rolling down his face <laughs> because he can't keep it in. And so he immediately nuts probing again. Yeah. Huh? And then obviously gets sent <laughs> off. Obviously, off he goes then. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so um, Moscato yeah. is off. And it's all that wasn't that should have been that that shouldn't have been the end of it either because you know we're about sixty minutes into the game by now yeah. and for the last twenty minutes England are basically going oh <laughs> I don't like this no. like they score another try but mainly for the last you know ten or fifteen minutes of the match they are just trying not to get literally killed by someone whether it's from the crowd or from the <laughs> French team. Because all fucking chill has gone. Yeah, last Everyone's five minutes fucking... it was like flying double knee drops in every rock yeah, and everything. Elbow drops, fucking punches everywhere, eye gouges everywhere. Fucking at least two other French players should have got sent off. Jimbert should have got sent off a hundred percent for gouging after the whistle. <laughs> um, it's just and despite some of the most disgraceful foul play, which didn't, not all of it got pinged by yeah. the ref for France. He still had to have a kind of security escort taking him off at the end. Yeah. It's it's a remarkable game. Uh, and all the more remarkable for the fact that England won, won 31-13 in the end. Against 13 like, uh, men, though. Come on. Yeah. But they were, they were home and hosed, you know, long before all the shit kicked off. But it's just like, yeah. I mean, it's a remarkable... Your point about John Webb's a good one. I think if we're ever to do a massively underrated again, he's definitely a good oh, shot. Yeah. Because he, he's, he's got really this like good. rosy cheeks and this surgeon and a bit looks a bit willowy. Everyone just kind of thinks, but he was really fucking good in this game, and generally actually. Yeah. Um yeah, so Yeah. Apparently there was a uh there was a global TV audience of fifty million for this game, apparently. Good lord. Across France and was everyone self isolating? I don't know. You might have felt like it after watching it if you were French. Jesus. So what's the what's the aftermath of it all then? Uh, L'Equipe said uh, after the game that uh, our team has lost more than a match. It has lost everything, honour included. 
which I mean, yes, another thermonuclear take by the French. <laughs> um, England win the Grand Slam this year, of course. Ireland finished bottom. Sorry, Irish listeners, not a good year for you. Mm. Zero points. Um, each side blamed each other for all the violence. Obviously, obviously. Um, Lascoube and Moscato were given twenty-eight week bans, but neither of them played for France ever again. Neither did Gimbert. Neither did Gimbert. Moscato returned to his boxing career, as you mentioned, and also had a had a career as a successful actor. <laughs> Have you seen photos of him recently? I haven't. No, it's like he. I mean, he looks absolutely. Absolutely, still looks like I would not fucking well no, go anywhere near him. He looks. Oh God, yeah. Wolf. He looks like an elderly psychopath. Yeah. Which absolutely fits, to be an fair. An aging mob enforcer. Yes, but uh, yeah, he was in some films with uh, Gerard Depardieu and Jean Reno. You know, what more do you want? Or you know, the, 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 I'd be very. I can't speak to this, but I'd be very surprised if he didn't play a lot of sort of hard men. I like think that's quiet probably hench- a safe quiet bet. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he was also on uh, France's equivalent of Dancing with the Stars or Strictly Come Dancing, so fantastic. which I would. Absolutely love to see. Speaking of aging people, aged rugby players who still look double hard, Rafael Ibanez still looks like he'd fucking give you oh, yeah. a right good oh, yeah. to. And when he's been, he's sent out for the interviews because he speaks good English, probably better English than Sean Edwards. And um, yeah, he looks he looks in seriously good nick. So Moscato returned to boxes. As already said, however, he he appears to remain fuming about it because he says yes, of yeah. England they broke my career. And I will never forgive them. <laughs> so he's taking that well. Uh, yeah, Vincent Moscato. Uh, most recently in two thousand and eight, maybe not most recently, but in two thousand and eight, uh, starred alongside uh, Gerard Depardieu in the film Asterix at the Olympic Games. I mean, that sounds like uh, an absolute belter, premium A well, star fare, doesn't it? Yeah. When he played uh, a goth. Which uh, I'm, I think we're talking Visigoth, not you know, <laughs> long black oh hair. Into the C- Sisters of Mercy T-shirt. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, the film features real-life cameos by sports stars, including Michael Schumacher, Zidane Zidane, Tony Parker, and Amelie Moresmo. What the fuck? Brilliant. What a Gerard Depardieu? Is he still alive? Yeah. Uh, yeah, didn't he like pissing a bottle on a plane a couple of years ago? Yeah, I think that was standard fare for a while, wasn't it? But he's Absolutely a. Absolutely, it was, yeah. But someone obscures my view of you. Really, who? Gerard Depardieu. <laughs> you get that reference uh, right to oh, me. Oh, no, that's a shame. He's got a bit, he's gone a bit yew tree. Uh, oh, has he? Ooh, yeah. Oh, dear. Uh, dear me. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That was a little yeah. bit. Of... One, one more thing. Oh, that I, 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 I went down as I was watching this match on YouTube, and you know what it's like when you oh, get yeah. the sort of related. Uh, well, this is our stuff. lives now to the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going down YouTube <laughs> rabbit holes for old rugby is all we have now. So. And one of the one of the recommended videos on the side was the video of what of a. a, a a ripping of what I can only assume is one of those sort of horrendous petrol station compilation videos called uh, Pitbull's Punch-Ups from 1998, uh, wherein 
Brian Moore wearing a shirt with an absolutely enormous collar and sporting a very ill-advised goatee, basically sits in the bar of a sports cafe. Remember those? Um, God. Making sardonic comments about legendary rugby fights, basically. Whole thing's on there. Somehow, it's 44 minutes long. And, uh, yeah, it's... It's just the most. It's about the most nineties thing I've ever seen. Sort of Brian Moore shot from that sort of like really weird, obtuse nineties documentary angle, where he's sort yeah. of sitting at a table, but they shoot it as if they sat on their knees at his feet, and then he's sort of sitting there stroking his ill-advised goatee, talking about punching people like Danny it's, Baker's own goals and gaffes. All it's that stuff. exactly like that. Yeah, I, I got I got to that via what was a video the Nicky called, Skinner one? Uh, the big hits uh, one. Um, greatest hits and dirty bits oh, with, uh... with Mick Skinner. <laughs> with <laughs> Mick <the> Skinner. <laughs> well, it was, it was Mick Skinner's production company that did the which did the first Lions Living with Lions in '97. Really? Yeah, it was. Hey. Um, and one thing, if you get a, an original version of the VHS of that, the the most hilarious thing is is that all the all the apostrophes are wrong. So it's like the fixture, like you know the the interstitial thing about lions versus whoever yeah, yeah, yeah. there's apostrophes in them oh my god that's in original I mean, that, that... <laughs> somebody who's got that please confirm that for me because it is absolutely true in my mind I mean, so for somebody whose whose job involves a lot of putting apostrophes in the right places <laughs> i mean that would bother the living fuck out of me yeah and not, but you know nothing frustrates you more apostrophes are difficult aren't they no no they're not difficult they're not difficult at all they're really um, easy. There's rules and everything. It's not a problem. These are, in fact, the easiest of all the punctuations if you're going to be semicolons, fucking harder than a coffin nail. Get it. But <laughs> Yes. And superfluous, let's be honest. Not necessarily yeah, yeah, a semicolon. Yeah, don't need them. Never use them. Right. Uh, so, so there you go. So, again, enjoy yourselves looking at all these desperate 90s uh, documentaries on there because, as I said, that's all we've got left. We'll be reviewing them by the end of March, so don't worry yeah, about send it. Yeah, send your suggestions in for best awful petrol station compilation videos on YouTube that we should review, and we'll watch them. Let's talk shit good ratings, shall we? Because I've asked people to send in whatever the fuck they've got. doesn't matter. <laughs> send it in. Sure, why not? Die Perk gets in touch, our friend from Boston. Hello, Die. Uh-huh. He says, shit is clearly the world right now. But if you want a tiny piece of good, it was the Chiefs versus the Hurricanes in Super Rugby, a match played probably only hours before the competition was suspended. Joyous play, high drama, so much talent. Be well, my friend, he says. You be well as well, Die. Be careful Indeed. in there. All, of, in, in, all in... of you fucking be well. All of frankly. you be well. Don't go, don't go crazy now. Yeah. Stay at home. What else have we got in shit good? Tom Dare gets in touch. I'm not doing these in any particular order. He says, good... Newcastle Falcons, 71 points from a possible 75. Even without global pandemics, the chances of anyone else breaking into the top flight are more remote than Eddie Jones winning the awards for referee's favourite coach. Indeed. As he makes a point here, Tom, he says, de facto ring fencing is already in place. I think, yeah, I agree. We had a similar discussion, didn't we, that really it is ring fenced to 11 teams anyway. Yeah. It's totally... It's only, it's only perm pointless. one, isn't it? You know. Yeah. yeah. But people are sort of dangling the spectre of Exeter having come into it, you know, fucking years ago now as a reason why we yeah, should still need to have it. proves a rule, yeah. Yeah. Whereas actually it's just the exception. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Andy and Brum gets in touch. He said, shit is that I can't find my special edition of, a special edition copy of John Woo's Hard Boiled. 
and it's not available to stream anywhere, how is someone supposed to self-isolate under these conditions? I'm feeling your pain, Andy, in that, mm-hmm. well, one, because who doesn't like a bit of jump? Who doesn't like to see people jumping sideways in slow motion, firing two pistols? Absolutely. And But I had a similar situation. I like, because I'm, I'm always, I'm an old man deep down. I love a bit of Dances with Wolves, right? The four hour, the four hour Who fucking doesn't? proper version, right? Got time to watch it now. Don't forget. Yeah, I don't have a DVD player anymore. See, so, I've got this problem. Yeah, yeah. So I've got that problem. It's not available to stream anywhere. There it is. There it is. Right. Yeah. But that's not a problem because I've got some hooky plex thing. Oh yeah, I got it. Yeah, yeah. So I thought, oh, found on there, brilliant. What happens then when you start watching it? Dance with Wolves has got this single problem that other 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 ones don't have. For the first 40 minutes, it's fine. And then mm-hmm. round about minute 40 to minute 45, you start going, oh, for fuck's sake, why would that be, do you think? I mean, please, please tell me. It's because that's when the Indians come in it and the subtitles are required. Uh, There's no subtitles on hooky streaming. You've then uh, got to go search for the subtitles. <laughs> you find some that are working and they're never in sync. You've got to somehow yeah. keep pausing it, and then and it's really complicated to work out if you've got to go backwards or forwards with your timing, trying to get subtitles <laughs> to line up. So in the end, I end up watching fucking Ken Burns' baseball again. Speaking of which, and why not? If you are fucking self-isolating, at least three months can be taken up with every Ken Burns documentary <laughs> ever made. So and why are you moaning? Why are you moaning? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Let's be honest, we're all going to watch a lot of fucking telly over the next I couple mean, of months. I mean, thank fuck for fucking streaming box sets, man. Oh, my God. You, you could be doing this, this in 1985. You know? <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine, you know, if this had happened before Netflix and before Amazon Prime and before Disney Plus and before all of this, you know? Are you taking the me. Disney Plus plunge, plunge, Josh, for the £49 I mean, pound introductory offer? Well, yeah, I am, because, you know... I'm going to be basically housebound for the next six weeks, and I feel like I could watch every single fucking episode of The Simpsons if I needed to. I'm assuming the reason why the latest Star Wars film hasn't come out to buy on Sky and shit is because they're holding it back for the Disney Plus launch. Yeah. Did you see it, by the way? I didn't. I didn't get around to it. Uh, I was unbelievably underwhelmed. Um, so was everybody. I really didn't enjoy it. You know, when <laughs> That's you re- not true. When you I re- enjoyed it, but I... I could have punched so many holes in it that there'd be nothing left. When you reflect on Star Wars, right? Yeah. One version to put it is, is that there's been two, maybe three decent films out of nine. nine. now. Yeah. Definitely a, there's definitely an issue there that the more that they've made, the more they've quite heavily diluted that quality. Mm. And even if you ignore the prequels and pretend they don't exist, because I'd say that they yeah. yeah, I'd stay, you know, it's still barely batting 500, you know. <laughs> <laughs> 500 is a good batting average. It is, but not if, you know. A very good batting making average. Film, making films is not like hitting a baseball, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> in a lot of ways. A lot of ways. Ted Williams batted 400 in one season, and, that's, and he's a ledge. He is. Legendary I mean, miserable as well. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I mean, I, yeah, I could talk about baseball batting averages for quite some time, and we may get there. But we may get there. Let's be honest. Let's not yeah. pop our call too early with that. I, I used. I was in a meeting in work. I'm not going to lie. I used VORP as an example of something that we need nice. to apply nice. or, or nice. war. And you can see 
my director, her face like was, have you gone insane? As I started saying, there's a, there's, there's a statistic baseball, right? Called Vaughn. <laughs> and then I made it made sense in the end, honestly. Of course you do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, so what we've got here, Linda Mason gets to it. She said, shit is booking to go on the trip of a lifetime to, that, to South Africa with Leinster Rugby on Thursday. Mm. Oh, no. Rich There's going to be a lot of these. There's going to be a lot of these stories over the next couple of months, isn't there? Halcar Rich gets in touch. He says, good is the darts in Liverpool last week. My last night out stroke live sports for the foreseeable future. Darts, darts, darts. <laughs> darts. I mean, darts is magnificent. Is it sport, though? Yes. Okay. If archery sport, darts is sport. <laughs> a mate of mine's got, or a mate of a mate of mine's got a sort of theory that any sport, any, anything where you don't have to change your shoes is not no, sport. Not I don't believe. I think there are certain things that people don't even argue about being sport is sport that I don't think they are. Diving isn't sport. <laughs> it's falling with style. No, no, it's because it's, light, yeah. it's got artistic merit in it. Anything that has artistic merit in it is okay, not a sport, yeah, yeah. in my view. I'm not saying they're not incredibly talented people, but it's not a sport. Ice dancing, not a sport. Yeah. I see what you mean there, because it's not like you're really competing in a... Yeah, you're competing to be the most aesthetically beautiful if diving thing. was about how much volume of water you could displace from the pool, then it would be a sport. <laughs> if it was about who could dive for the highest height, then it yeah, would be yeah, a sport. Yeah, yeah, I'm starting to fuck me. I'm starting to come on board here. See, giving your pearls, yeah. here, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. I mean, I still don't think darts is a sport. Well, it is because it's a score-based format. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you fall down this because technically, by this, by, by my theory, dominoes is a sport. But you know, yeah, exactly. All of these theories have fucking holes in them that you can yeah. drive a bus through. There, let's be honest. Yeah, and yeah. Moving on, uh, Amu <laughs> says, "Shit, I've rewatched every Champions Cup final since 2014, and they are surprisingly boring." <laughs> <laughs> Mate, Champions Cup finals yeah. are almost always shit, apart from the exception that proves a rule. Yeah, there's a couple of really fucking good. Yeah, there's been a couple of really fucking good ones, 2011 being, yeah, the obvious exception. But by and large, they are fucking ball fests. Uh, Johnny McGinty gets in touch and says, Good was the bar in Edinburgh that blowtorched the chocolate powder on top of our white Russians on Saturday, Ooh, so, it went, so it went all crispy. Oh, lovely. Game changer. I can honestly say I have never drank a white Russian in my life. I never felt the need to. Um, my weirdly, my my friends from home who are I, I, I should mention from Aberdeen, uh, <laughs> I've got well into White Russians, and honestly, fucking horrible stuff. Have they tried them with oh, crispy? Uh, I'm sure. I mean, I'll, I'll mention it next time. That but I don't want any kind of chocolate in me booze, crispy or otherwise. No, leave chocolate to chocolate. That's my. When I was at uni, they used to have these weird giveaways sometimes, is that where they give you a free twirl when you bought two bottles of like lager? <laughs> I remember going, I don't want chocolate with lager. Who wants chocolate? A chocolate bar with lager. I don't want a, don't want a flake in this. I mean, that's, that's, telling, that's what they are doing effectively, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Very strange. Um, Owen Glendur gets in touch. He says, shit is Joe Marler. The stupidity of the offence has been completely overshadowed by the amount of fucking whinging that's still going on from ex pros. And players, I'm looking at you, Mike Brown. They can all, and I can't yeah. stress it enough. Fuck off. Do you know? I mean, who who looks at something and goes, you know, whose take I really want on this? 
Mike Brown. Mike Brown. Phone Mike Brown. Mike Brown. See what Mike Brown's means. Daily Mail columnist. <laughs> Terrible Absolutely. stuff. <laughs> Reese Knott gets in touch. Made in heaven. He's asking yes. a question. Oh, come on, Reese. Oh, God. He says, it's not shit good. It's more of a topic. Well, it's a topic. I oh, God. Which you may feel you've already again. done to death, but I'd be interested to know how long you think Eddie Jones will be doing the England job. Obviously, he says oh, a lot no. of nonsense, but the I hate coaching thing seems bizarre even for him. I come back to the point we made last time. I think he's saying things like I hate coaching because he's bored. Yeah. Which makes me think he's not going to last much longer. I agree. I think he's probably going to. He might take this as a perfect opportunity to sod off, basically. Yeah. Well, basically, by the time rugby starts a game, his England contract might be nearly over. That's assuming he can get to Australia, <clears throat> which, of course, he, he probably can't. Yeah, he might be stuck here. He might have to take over at the Ospreys or something. You know, just to, to earn a coin. Gareth Williams gets in touch. He says, shit, is my three-year-old daughter falling off a step in school, mashing her face on tarmac and failing the HIA protocol? Oh, Gareth, Ouch. man, I hope she's okay and fully recovered. <laughs> he said, however, the good is the shit shithousery of her one-year-old sister poking her cut lip at every opportunity nice. she could get. Nice. I like it. She should play for France see. in 1992, that one-year-old. <laughs> James gets his touch. He says, shit, is the RFU advice on coronavirus? All your other home nations showing strong leadership, but the biggest unions showing none. I don't know what this is referring to specifically. I think they've now cancelled all community rugby, haven't they? They have. Yeah, they have. Is that what we're referring as, to? As with most, as with almost everything, somebody fucking wanted to keep it going until the very fucking end. And then eventually they were like, no. <laughs> that's, that's just fall in line with literally everybody else. Uh, 10 Ep is saying shit is playing the hangover or COVID-19 game for the first hour of every day. <laughs> Fair <laughs> dues. Good point. I also I would also like to throw in uh, playing the if uh, you got it because you're, you know, is it psychosomatic because you've done nothing but read news about people being ill all day? Yeah. Or are you ill? Which I've been having about once every two or three well, days. Well, it's not actually life-threatening for most people. I think if you get it, you'll fucking know about it. Yeah. You're not going to feel great will. for a week, so I don't think. No. Uh, right, then we've got it. Neil Gregory gets in touch. He says, shit is the fact I've started watching recordings of last weekend's Super Rugby because it's all that I've got that's decent and available. I watched marble racing this morning. Marble racing? Yeah. As in racing somebody, marbles, the glass. Yeah, basically marbles. somebody gets... A, I mean, that is absolutely not a sport because it doesn't require <laughs> any skill and there is no scoring. Somebody basically carves a course out of sand and then puts a load of marbles behind a sort of horse racing style box and then lets it go. And then the marbles right. fight for superiority right. Can down we go this back course. a step? What's this on? It was on Twitter earlier. That's great. Oh, honestly, I've got, it's not on I like watched... B, this BT Sport. Oh, I've no, got no, to I that mean, point already. I've no, give them a fortnight at least before they run out of fucking reruns of this. But I was genuinely riveted because the lead changed hands about four times, and right at the end, somebody just came back from fourth place and steamed up around the outside and won. It was great. I can guarantee it's probably more entertaining than fucking Formula One. So yeah, oh, 100 percent is yeah, yeah. The good thing about Sky, though, if you've got Sky, is that they'll just do endless reruns of Premier League years now, which is fucking blinding. <laughs> it has like all the music soundtrack of the year and everything. Oh, it's I glorious from 1992 onwards. Great. 
Why is that? Why are BT? Like, I guess probably because they are they don't have the rights. But BT should start making fucking Premiership years. Yes, they immediately. Should. Surely, there's got to be some absolutely fucking blinding but stuff. What else have like, all that sport production team got to do? Yeah, just get Sunset and Vine doing nothing but making fucking Premier League years and Celtic League years and whatever the fuck. We need this now. Just please. <laughs> Well, we need support. <laughs> speaking of Premier League years, it reminded me of Sale winning back in the day. And yeah. the, a Sale winner from back in the day is now on, speaking of day, is now on fucking MasterChef. I started talking about MasterChef last week about our bald friend with a zip-up polo. Oh, yeah, Anyway, yeah. I then watched an episode the day after with my wife <laughs> and Christian Day's on it. He retired from he's Northampton a- last year and he's now works for the Players' Union. Yeah, he's Jean Pierre guy, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. It's And he's the there weird... on MasterChef like a giant fucking freak show compared to everybody I assumed, else. When he was on there, I genuinely assumed that it was like I saw that he was on there. I was like, oh, he must be a celebrity. Is he on like the regular human MasterChef? Mm. Fair play. And to he's him. pretty good, very technical. Very technical uh, cock. Massive though. But yeah, he was like fucking well, he's a rock. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, That's so. Right. Seems like a nice lad. Not as interesting as the baldy-headed man who didn't know how to do cook a crab. He was from the valleys. <laughs> he was far more interesting. But well, obviously. Oh fucking hell! I'm looking at some of his food. He's done a very nice job. God, he That's is. What pisses me off about MasterChef now is people who turn up and they're already doing like Instagram food, aren't they? I liked in the old days when they turn up and did like a fucking pork chop with sweet chili sauce <laughs> on it in the first round, and they went, "Oh well, that's not. That's... It's not raw. You're through. You know." That's the that's the thing, you know. I've watched now eleven seasons of MasterChef Australia, right? I can't uh, watch this. That which... nobody stand in the fucking balcony screaming yeah, 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 at each yeah, other, yeah, yeah. heckling. Oh man, you're a I, fucking I, I, cunt. You fucking <laughs> that's what, shit. That's what should have happened instead of everyone being really positive and like really affirming. It's been properly Australian, like in the cricket, you know. <laughs> but the, like from the like season one, which was you know only about ten years ago. To like the sort of thing that people are coming to with in auditions now. It's like, as you say, ten years ago they were coming with relatively nice-looking food, and now people are turning up with fucking nitrogen and fucking <laughs> Sper- spheroided things. things. Yeah, <laughs> and it's all fucking like it all looks like it's just stepped out of the fucking Tate Modern, and it's like that's that's literally food like the internet versus food in a nutshell. Mm. Anyway, yeah, so that does matter. So where maybe, were we we? Do a, maybe we should do a, a MasterChef Australia watch along for one of these podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, please suggest that the, the kind of thing you'd want us to watch should get fuming about because believe me, there's plenty of capacity to do it. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What have we got here? Right then. So Sam Marsh gets in touch. He says, Good is the Scotland under 20 team against Wales. Oh, did you see that scrum? Yeah, fucking hell. So everyone went, and I said, look at the, look at this. What a fucking amazing scrum. Everyone goes, oh, well, you know, Wales popped up first. Scotland popped up first. That's not the fucking point. I'm not on about who pops up. <laughs> look at the fact that before the popping up, they drove them back for about three quarters of a mile. That's what I was drawing your attention to. <laughs> Whether it was entirely legal or not, it was funny. <laughs> it was funny. Um, Sarah suggests... Ninja's link. She says, maybe you should set an old game for us to watch every week and then review that. That is not I mean, a bad... Well, we've, we've kind done of done that, that haven't yeah. we? we should have... So maybe what we should do, we could actually say, we're going to watch this game this week and we want you to send your thoughts in 
Yeah, let's do that. Let's find a game. Let's find it all. If if you find a game that's in full on YouTube or something like that, mm-hmm. just fucking send it to us and then we'll share it with the world. And then uh, maybe we'll share it with our patrons on Patreon first so they maybe. can have first bite of the cherry. I mean, you know, we're, we're busking this now, but yeah. yeah maybe we'll talk about it on. off air. Yeah, about what yeah, easy idea. We'll we'll plan we'll plan what we're going to do with this podcast next while you guys are not listening to it. Yeah, I that's appreciate probably a better. Th- and we're trying to do some filler here, but we are an hour and a quarter in. We're not done bad for the week. For week one, we've not done bad, and only talked <laughs> Every- about rugby for probably about twenty minutes of it. Yeah, because well, you well, see, you- other podcasts have done the whole. What does this mean for the season? No, no we're doing none of that. You not fucking know. You yeah. fucking know what this means for the rest of the season. It's done, guys. Uh, right, then, what have we got here? Aunt P says, shit is Jenny Eclairs Eclairs. And good Agreed. is Louis through shoe. Uh, Agreed, is, what, yeah. is, What's this? What What have I missed here? Uh, I have no Celebrity Bake Off, mate. Oh, okay. And Jenny Eclair was on there and made Eclairs and nobody made a fucking joke about it. You and are it joking. Absolutely, absolutely drove me insane. Yet She's another there reason why this buns. fucking century sucks. Honestly, she's sitting there fucking icing her shoe buns and nobody's made a single eclair joke and I was literally sitting in my living room losing my fucking mind <laughs> while my wife is looking at me and going, what the fuck is wrong with this you? This is one weekend of isolation. <laughs> eclair! Placed onto Josh's brain, yes. <laughs> so yeah, okay, Sarah, we'll think about that, thank you. Uh, where's the beef gets in touch and says, shit, is every idiot back home in NYC? Going out in bars, and my sister who lives there is an immunocompromised. Yeah. Stop going out, guys. Stop he says good. Is the 000 series on Amazon is banging. Don't know that one. <laughs> I'll have to look that up. I think we're basically, we're all going to have to start giving each other telly rep- recommendations. Yeah. Are you watching Picard? Show. Fucking right, I am. Yeah. I'm, yeah. 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 Loving it. It's all right. Yeah. A bit silly in places, but you know. Of course yeah. it is. And obviously, Jay from Mad Men is the craziest. Oh, come on. Fucking awful. It's fucking awful. It's fucking really bad. We've not got there yet. We'd have to get at least self isolated at least June before you consider (laughs) Enterprise. I know, but I was just like, maybe it's not as bad as I remember it when it first came. I know it is. It's really. (laughs) It has got one of the. If you want to watch Scott Bakula, you know what you should be watching. I love. I do think I, I enjoy Scott Bakula. Well, surely there's a quantum leap on Plex somewhere you can watch on repeat. I'll tell you what, quantum leap is not on fucking Netflix or Amazon Prime. But if you do find it, if you do find a hooker copy, it doesn't need subtitles, so you would would be onto a winner (laughs) there. That's true, that's true. Oh, no, apparently quantum leap season one is on Prime Video. Okay, so now we know. Easy. Uh, Grant Taylor says, good is four weeks off from the hot takes on the cock grabbing. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the worrying thing is I don't think we have got five weeks off that because people are just going to keep talking about it because it's the last thing that anyone had to fucking talk about. He says, though, that shit is Saturday's piss-up on the bus and Morley is now off. I have no idea what I'm going to do myself. I think Grant's a Newcastle fan. Morley is is in Leeds. There's a picture. Saturday on a coach on the piss between Newcastle and Leeds. That's, That's living all right. It is. It is. I think that's probably us. <laughs> Thank God I hear you all shout. Look, we tried our best, didn't we? You know? 
we made the best of a suboptimal situation and we will continue to do so. We'll do our best. Hopefully that wasn't too painful. If it's this painful this week, then I don't know what we're going to do from here on in. Sarah's <laughs> Imagine what it would be around. like by June. Yeah. At what point do we have to accept that this, the season's not coming back and make a decision? <laughs> Never. Well, I suppose we'd have to let the public decide. If you say, look, you yeah. lads, you've, you've, you've run your course now. You should take a short yeah. break until you've got <laughs> something to talk about. Then we'll So we'll leave it up to you. Yeah, indeed. Cue the number of tweets I'm going to get now saying, now, please stop now. now. Please yes. stop now, immediately. Why have you not already stopped? Josh, thank you anyway, so much for everything you a, do and everything you've a, said. A pleasure, as always. We will speak to all of you <laughs> lot soon, unfortunately for you. Yeah, see you later, guys. Ta-da now. Sports Social Podcast Network.